Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and today I'm going to be doing the first of the uh, Bedrock Gaming Philosophy podcasts. I've done a lot of gaming stuff. This is something I've been wanting to do for a long time, and I haven't really uh, figured out how I want to do it. Now I kind of know. Um, but basically, uh, you know, when I when I talk with people online about RPGs and about Bedrock games and the things we make, sometimes I realize uh there are assumptions that i have about where i'm coming from when i make these things that aren't always clear on the page or uh or need further explanation or maybe just uh the way that i run a game needs to be explained to people so they understand um you know like how how all this at least at my table how it all looks you know what i mean so um so i'm going to be doing a series of these and today I want to talk about my, I'm trying to think of the right phrasing for this. What I'm trying to talk about is, uh, is how, how I am try to, uh, give the players a fair hearing in everything they do and how I don't try to impose what I want on the events in the campaign. Um, there's more to it than that, but that's it's it's early. I'm I'm not able to really put it into the clearest terms. There's probably a much better word or string of words for what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, but I'll give an example from a campaign, uh, so you can understand what I'm talking about. I I I've been running a Lady Eighty Seven campaign because I'm planning the Lady Eighty Seven book, and. Uh, and I've been doing it from all kinds of different angles. I've been doing this campaign for like three years in different forms. Sometimes I've had other people run it and I've been a player. Sometimes I've run it and taken different angles on it so I can test out different things. And right now I'm doing a constables campaign where the players are these constables. So we're kind of doing it like a dirty, hairy, killer constable style uh, campaign thing. And so they, they are this sort of elite constable force operating in the prefecture and have been tracking down you know various criminals and right now they're sort of investigating a celestial plume thing celestial plume is like a drug so it's sort of like the um if i want to do i I basically took things like the movie of force of one and turned that into storylines in the campaign um but there was a character there were two characters and uh i decided to uh introduce them into into the campaign uh as they were tracking down uh, bandits who were uh, uh, basically these two characters belonged to the 87 killers and they were attacking caravans that had celestial plume in, in the region, taking the celestial plume and then selling it. Um, and the constables were investigating all of these attacks and it led to an inn where they found uh, one of the killers. It was a man named hateful saber and he's sort of in a relationship with uh uh, another character named Big Sister Hong Na, and uh, and these characters are important because in the book they number one they they have their entries in the book, but also I have a series of uh, art pieces around them, and so that was some of the stuff that was informing my introduction of these characters. They get to the inn, the inn uh, as they're approaching it, they see that there's a fight going on between this guy and another group, and that happened uh, originally. They were gonna they were gonna um, arrive after the fight they were going to see the aftermath um and this guy was going to be dead this guy was going to be uh killed in the fight um 
but they did something that allowed them to get there much sooner legitimately like they they had done all these things and i knew that they, like there was uh there they had no way of knowing the, the time frame of when this was going to happen but if i but just being like trying to be an honest gm i had to say well if they're getting there earlier that changes things so i had them get there that allowed them to intervene and the guy ended up not dying now why this is important is I, I was sort of doing this thing where I, I had this piece of art in the book where this guy was going to get killed. And he had written a poem to the woman that because uh, they're lovers. And it was sort of a dramatic sort of golden swallow type thing. I pictured him like that type of character, this sort of, you know, lethal swordsman who does poetry, uh, but is kind of like a cold, silent type otherwise and a little bit broken. Um, and I and he was going to be you know uh he was going to be killed by these guys because he had taken plume from the big bad in the campaign basically and he was going to be speared in a tree with the poem stuck into his chest through a sword which is dramatic and all that stuff um so i had a certain image of this character do you know what I mean i had a i had a vision of this character as being cool being i don't know there's there was a you know like to me that was, that's a cool wuxia character sort of the 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 the, the silver rock uh, uh swordsman poet uh and i even had like i even had chinese uh, uh lyrics to the poem because for the image i needed to um and i won't tell the people what it is because it's an easter egg um it's, i think it's a pretty clever easter egg but there were uh lyrics uh that were the poetry and it was like a love type theme thing and so um and there were there were there were there was more than one instance of his poetry appearing, but I, I don't want to get too sidetracked with that. But but just suffice it to say that that one of the instances is this particular set of lyrics, and so um, he he uh, the the point of all that is that I had this image in my head of this guy being this suave not suave but this cold killer who writes these cool poems and is got this this steamy relationship with this woman. And uh, they get there and they instantly, because they're player characters, they, they, they use the system well. They, uh, one of the characters uses pressure point techniques and he has two techniques that he really likes to use. One of them allows him to reduce characters' resolve so that they kind of become like, they just turn into putty when you do that. There, you know, and so so instantly this character, uh, they saved him. They stopped the fight. The guy, the the people that were going to kill him ran away because the constables showed up. Uh, but they were able because he was already wounded to um to exploit the situation and uh and basically make him have no will of his own. So he went from being this cool swordsman to this you know, weak will, no backbone, you know, the opposite of Jimmy Wang Yu and Silver Rock. Uh, so immediately that's, that's, you know, my, my sense of him is completely undone. And then they see the poetry and one, one of the players said, this is some cringy bullshit. I think was his phrase. Um, it added, it, 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 it added to the fun of the game. Like they were enjoying themselves. They were enjoying making fun of this guy writing this poetry and now he was and there was more that happened in the campaign with him and the other characters but the important thing is i had this vision of the character being a certain way they did things so that it it it, it just wasn't going to turn out that way number one their perception of him especially i think because they had because of what they had done with them 
um, and that the, because of the circumstances that he ended up with in them, uh, in with them, uh, they just interpreted the lyrics differently than I had. Do you know what I mean? I, I saw it as cool, and they saw it as like almost emo cringe. I think is the way that, that I would put it. Um, and part of that is probably just differences of perception, but the other part is probably that the circumstances were wildly different than I expected them to find the poetry. Um, and and so, uh, but the point that I'm trying to make is, you know, I I was, uh, I could have been stubborn and been like, no, you're going to see this guy as the cool swordsman. I want you to see him as, I'm going to, uh, he's going to resist the you know the what the 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 spell you've put on with your pressure point techniques and all this stuff you know i i as a gm you have the power to arrange things so that if the if the if you really want this guy to escape you can make it happen that kind of thing um but i i allow one thing i try to do is i try well if the characters get a win i let them have it if they if i have a badass character who's i thought was going to be a tough opponent for them to face and they hit him in the toe when he falls over so be it you know if 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 my cool lethal hateful swordsman becomes a source of humor so be it that's that's how it panned out um and so uh i think that that is a really important part of the way uh i run things i don't know if i'm giving insight or not here but uh, I just noticed it when I was when when this was going on that this is geez this is not how I expected this to turn out but oh well this is how it's turning out um, you know uh, you know you, you at a certain point you have to relinquish the character you have in your head for what is actually happening in the campaign and what was happening in the campaign is this character was much less important and a lot more pathetic than I had imagined him in my head and so that's the way that it was going to be um, and. And I also had to, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I had to give the players the victory they'd gotten. You know, the, this guy, this guy isn't somebody I imagined spilling the beans to the player characters and basically being a rat. But when you take away a person's will, it's really hard to, to say that that's not what would happen. Um, and so by that happening, it changed the character. He was no longer he was no longer the character I imagined in my head. Um, and I think, I think being able to go with that is important. If it's legitimate, doesn't mean, doesn't mean there's this thing in gaming where they say, uh, say yes. I don't believe in that. I don't, I don't believe that you should just say yes. Um, I know that say yes is more complicated than just saying yes, to be clear, but I understand also how it tends to get used in a lot of games and conversations. And they're often different from, the point of origin and so uh but i don't even agree with the point of origin really I, I i feel like um uh i feel like you should always say maybe you know maybe should be your default as a gm let's see okay try you want to try that let's see how it goes and you should uh either through ruling or through the system let it pan out the way it pans out um you know i because for me as a part of it is the way that i enjoy the campaign is i enjoy not knowing what's going to happen so I don't like, I, this was a, this was an example of me almost having a storyline in my head of what I thought was going to happen, which I, I, I don't do too much. This is, that's pretty rare for me. Sometimes though, it feels appropriate and you do it. I don't know how to put it. Just sometimes you feel like, okay, there's a set of events going on that the players are now involving themselves in. And those events need to have 
some kind of trajectory of their own. Um, but I, I, I don't normally do that, but this was a case of me having this, you know, almost like a set piece and, uh, and it just, it, it, it didn't, it didn't come to fruition the way I thought it was going to go. And I've seen a lot of GMs who struggle with that. When that goes off the rails, they want to get it back to that because they feel like their job. And maybe in some campaigns that is their job. I want to be clear. This is just how I run my campaigns. I'm not saying that GMs have to do things one way or another. I'm not saying there's one right way to run a campaign, but I do encounter GMs who think that it's their seem to think automatically without questioning whether it should be the case in 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 the campaign that their job is to make sure that the like the dramatic fight that they had in their head happens that it happens in a way that is uh you know paced and uh it's challenging as it needs to be so that it can be the right level of exciting or whatever and i just take the opposite approach where if um something really unexpected happens and it just turns out into a to be a nothing fight or if it turns out not to be the challenge well that's just how things panned out and what i've noticed is players don't seem to mind you know they don't seem to mind as long as interesting things are going on they don't mind they don't mind getting those kind of victories they do mind if you just keep throwing boring combat at them you know that that they'll mind but they they don't mind if um like like i'll give another example so soon after that uh this guy was you know marked for death by a an opium not an opium but celestial plume is basically a stand-in for opium in the game and uh for a celestial plume um uh syndicate and so uh they were going to be sending people after the, the 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 constable still had to get this guy back to where they were going to uh try him and execute him they did try him and execute him by the end of the session um but uh the the group was uh sent an old lady was you know it felt this felt very gulong to me so i decided to have an old lady with a bunch of orphans um she was sort of selling parasols and inside the parasols was actually celestial plume which you that was sort of the their deal um uh but she was sent because her husband was killed by the hateful saber guy earlier uh he was one of the people that uh that, that had been robbed and and so and that fight scene was a little that that was a it wasn't like a super hard one for the party, but it was a little there was a little bit little bit more lengthy uh, than than the previous one I think, um, but that didn't what it didn't matter that this so this woman tried to ambush them and what ended up happening was I gave them a a survival role to to, to tell if they had been being followed i felt like whenever characters are followed or ambushed or anything like that or spied on i always feel like there's a chance even if it's just like a you know a tn10 or whatever the difficulty is uh of the players noticing and so um in in, in this case i think somebody rolled a 10 i can't remember what happened but they, they rolled high enough that, that that they noticed and one of the players used a stealth ability to go and spy on her and she caught her like basically telling the orphans what to do is their strategy to attack the group. Um, and that's what enabled them to, to get the jump on her and that, that uh, allowed for a shorter combat than would have otherwise happened. But it was still interesting because she was an interesting character. So even though the combat was over like that, uh, the situation was interesting enough. The character was interesting enough. They were able to get information from her. It wasn't, 
it, you know, it, 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 it didn't quite go the direction I thought. I thought the direction it was going to go is they were going to kill her, number one. I didn't think they were going to get information from her. But number two, I thought it was just going to be an indicate. I thought this was going to be the player's first hint that that they were involved in something much bigger, that kind of thing, that this was going to be an ongoing issue. Um, there, you know, there was another thing, uh, which, uh, again, uh, there was a, there was a nearby patrolling inspector fort and the patrolling inspector at that fort I had known was related to the Guan family who are the head of the 87 killers. And so I had decided, gee, if this guy finds out about what's going on, he's going to try to get the party to give him this guy because patrolling inspectors and sheriffs are kind of like dueling jurisdiction type thing. So it totally made sense, but he would try to sort of charm them and get them to give him the guy so that he could send them to the 87 killers. Um, but I didn't want to do it underhandedly. I, I, I could have done this thing where he just hears about it magically and approaches the party. But what I knew is the party was in that region. They might try to use a patrolling inspector fort <laughs> to, uh, to hold the guy. And, and if they get, went to his fort, that's what would happen. The players actually talked about going to his fort, but they decided not to. And so I thought about it and I was like, well, then that means he's not going to be involved because he wouldn't have heard about it. I could have said, no, it's still going to happen. I'm the GM. I can say this guy hears about it and he encounters you along the road. You know what I mean? I could uh, I decided not to do that. So the players didn't even know that they had dodged this bullet of this guy trying to take their prisoner and help him escape, which again, that would have, fed into my sense of what the character was. It would have given him the opportunity to become the character that I imagined in my head. Um, but I thought that, no, they talked about it. They didn't want to go to that patrolling inspector office, not because they had any suspicions. They just didn't want to go there for whatever reason. They wanted to go straight to their, they wanted to make a beeline for their headquarters, which was further away, but they had their reasons for wanting to do it that way. And so uh, it felt like, especially since I already had the granny that was following them, it would have been too gulong, too story-driven if I had had the patrolling inspector then meet them along the road. It's almost like then I need a third thing on the road to meet. You know what I mean? So I decided not to do that. And so that's, and again, I, I apologize. My throat's a little a little dry this morning. But that was, um, uh, you know, that was another example of me having, I had something kind of cool in my head that I, at least it was either cool or it was something I knew would, uh, uh, I knew I had planned in my head. I knew what would happen. I kind of had a sense of what the encounter might be and that sort of thing. Um, but I just decided don't, you know, they, they, they've, they've navigated around that threat. So don't, so don't, uh, don't have that, uh, don't have that show up. Um, so yeah, so again, I, uh, hopefully this gives you guys some insight into how I run things. I'll talk more about this particular subject. Um, I think that, uh, it's it's um you know i i i want i want people to understand just how i run games that when they see the stuff in the books it kind of makes more sense to them what i was going for um i'm not doing this as like oh this is how you should run the games or this is how you should play games in general i don't really care how you play games to be honest it doesn't matter to me uh, uh what, but i but i want people to know how i do it um and understand where i'm coming from and hopefully this will give you a better sense. So, so yeah, so uh, until next time, I will talk to you later.